Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Well, good morning, everyone, to Renew Church. 10.30 service, amen. Can we give it up for those that are watching us online this morning? Amen. We are so glad that you're joining us online, but we want to meet you one day. We, our prayer is that one day you can make it to service, but in the meantime, we're praying for you. We're, we're happy you're here. And listen, leave us an amen or a hallelujah in the comments. Let us know that you're watching uh, so that we can keep you guys in prayer. I'm so excited to be here this morning. For those of you that are not familiar with who I am, my name is Sabrina Grillo, and I am one of the directors here at Renew Church. I do some of the background stuff, but I'm also the connections director for the Homestead campus, so that's, that's kind of where, where I am. But I'm excited to be here in Miami with, with my original familia, right? I'm excited because it's also the beginning of a new sermon series, Hearing Voices. And in this series, we're bringing you different speakers each Sunday with a different message other than Pastor Trevor, which we love. And we know he's probably watching online, so safe travels, travels Pastor Trevor. Um, but this is an opportunity for you to hear a message from other people, amen? And I'm honored that he would think that I'm one of those voices. I'm excited but I'm nervous, <laughs> right? I'm excited, I'm like, yeah, let's do this, but I'm nervous because I wanna honor God because when God presents us with an opportunity, we want to do the absolute best to honor it and honor our pastor and honor the house, amen? And sometimes that task may seem daunting, like it's too big, like maybe we're not prepared or we don't have the resources for it, right? But listen, I would rather deliver a message, a nervous mess, any day than not give it at all. Amen? You see, when, when God gives us something to do, when he puts that bug in our ear or, or that like feeling in our heart, he's telling us, hey, I, I need you to carry this out for me. And the first thing that we do is, is we go to this, we try to rationalize, how am I going to do it? well, like, I don't have the people, I don't have the funds, I don't have the resources, I don't have the time, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. We think of all these things of what not to have, but I'll tell you what's not an option for me, at least, is an option is not to do it. That's not an option for me. I'd rather do it nervous than not do it at all because I don't think that I have the resources. And that's the beauty of the Jesus factor. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And, and I have to ask myself, where would we be today? Where would we be today if we weren't afraid of having these limits in our life or thinking that we have these limits in our life, right? When Christ died, he gave us authority over all things in this world. All things in this world, not just like the small stuff that we see on a day-to-day, all things in this world. And I have to ask myself, how are we doing with that? How are we stewarding what Jesus gave us authority over? How are we stewarding what we are supposed to be doing? You see, our time on this earth, it's not just about salvation. And although that is the pinnacle of, of our faith, and let me be clear, we all need it. We all need Jesus as our Lord and Savior. 
that is not what it's just all about. There's, there's more to that. And if we're not pouring absolutely everything that we have into bringing the gospel to the lost and a renewed life in Christ and absolutely leaving it all on the field, right, or, or leaving it all on the basketball court, go Miami Heat, right, that, then what are we in it for? Right? If, if the heat isn't going to give it its all, then why are you even in the championships? Then leave it on the field. Use everything that you have. And so our time here on earth, it's limited. Time is a gift, and through the years I've realized that. And after losing a few loved ones, you realize how short and unpredictable our time is here on earth. So... Like, what is this all about? What are we doing here? And if it's not the purpose, the purpose um, not to mention that that's just the great commission of God, right? He, we were told to go out and make disciples and, and heal the sick. So are we doing that? Are we doing that to the best of our ability? What have I told you that great miracles happens when you have the Jesus factor? What if I told you that everything in your life can be used to its absolute full potential? You might be wondering how that's possible. You're like, look, I've tried. I've read the books. I've been, I've been to the, the Tony Robbins <laughs> series. I've tried. But if you are in great need, you're in good company. And you are in a great position to receive a miracle from God because that's what God does God takes care of people that are in need and I want you to come along with a journey with me this morning into John 6 where Jesus meets people that have a great need and so as we start John 6 verse 1 Jesus has already been ministering in this area which is why it starts off with so after this sometime after this and it picks up, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. And when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said, Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. You see, when God asks you a question, he already knows the answer. <laughs> Philip answered him, and he said it would take more than half a year's wage to buy enough bread for each to have a bite. Just a bite. And this is where I identify with Philip, because just to put things into perspective, I'm a numbers person, I'm a finance person, I'm a project manager, so I'm thinking all these things, right? I'm, I'm kind of like the Philip here, thinking, how's this going to happen? How are you going to afford to do it? How are you even going to have the time and the logistics to do it? It's not like there was Uber Eats in Israel, right, or curbside pickup. It wasn't like we could pass by La Cantina and pick up a completa to feed 5,000 5, people, right? I'm thinking, 
how is this even going to happen? So I identify with Philip when he's like that. But I know that in our greatest need would come a great miracle. That's our God. The story continues in verse 8. And another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. And he said, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? You're seeing the difference here between the disciple that's trying to rationalize, like this is only going to go so far, and the little boy that didn't even do the math. He just gave his lunch. Like he just gave his lunch. He didn't even think twice about it. And Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Because here comes the miracle. Even in the small stuff, it needs to be stewarded properly. And then Jesus does what Jesus does in verse 11. He took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. To those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same for the fish. Jesus has just given us the formula for the Jesus factor, and not that we could rationalize him and minimize him to what a factor is, but he's, he's kind of showing us, look, this is kind of how, it, how it's done. And a factor, by definition, for all the mathematicians in the house, or am I the only nerd? Or like, for all the mathematicians in the house, a factor, by definition, is something that is part of the equation that contributes to a result or an outcome. You see, a factor cannot act by itself. Well, Jesus being God, he definitely can. But in this miracle, he was the Jesus factor. He needed to combine it with something to prove something to these people. In this picture, we have a humble portion of food being blessed by Jesus. Do we need that for, for the small stuff in our lives? Do we need Jesus to bless the small stuff? Yes, we do. We definitely do need the Jesus factor, even for the small things in our lives. And up until that moment, you see, all it was was five small loaves and two small fish. Actually, up until that moment, all it was was a little boy's lunch, right? But it was intentional. That, that little boy's lunch didn't just get there by happenstance, right? Those two fish didn't jump out of the Sea of Galilee, and they were like, hey, here I am. Use me, right? Those five loaves of barley, they weren't just picked out of a tree. Someone had to do it. The fish had to be fished, right? The small loaves of barley, well, that, that had to be baked. Someone had to do the work. And sometimes we're waiting on something and, and we're like, well, God's going to bring it. Yeah, but it might not look like five loaves of barley at the time. It might look like a couple sacks of flour and, <laughs> and some water and you have to make it yourself. So all it was up, up until that time was bread and fish until Jesus came into the picture, until Jesus came in with his Jesus factor and he turned it into the miracle that it turned into. And going back to that verse, it shows us exactly what Jesus did. He took the loaves, he gave thanks, he acted in love to those who were seated. You see, this verse describes to those who were seated, because I'm sure some weren't. 
I'm sure there were some that, that, that wanted action, that, that wanted to be part of the solution or wanted to see what was going to happen. And, and if you're waiting on something, Jesus says to those who are seated, we'll eat more than enough. Have a seat. Have a seat in that grassy place where Jesus was, was having them sit. What, what an interesting concept, right? To those who were seated ate more than enough. That's the, the payoff of being obedient and, and, and listening to what he was saying. As much as they wanted, you see three things here we talked about. He received the offering, he gave thanks to the Lord, and he acted and loved. Jesus didn't reject the offering. Jesus didn't say, not enough, I'm sorry, I can't even take it. Look, these people, they don't like to eat bread. Look, they really don't like fish. They're vegetarian, you know, I can't accept it. He didn't say a word. He received it. He knew where to take it, to thanks and Lord, and he acted in love. Amen. He even had to deal with doubt from his disciples about how are we going to carry this out and who's going to pay for this. He didn't, he didn't listen to that. He knew that he had a purpose. The verse continues in verse 12. And it says, when they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. That's another one that jumped out at me. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, again withdrew to the mountain by himself. Jesus knew where he had to go to his, get his rest and his replenishment on the mountaintop with God. See, there was more than enough more than what they had to eat. And the instruction from Jesus was to pick up everything that was left over. Let nothing be wasted. You see, we need to be good stewards of what the good Lord has provided, both in the beginning of this miracle, when it was just five small loaves and two small fish. We can't look at that from a perspective of lack. We need to be grateful for that, right? And we also need to be grateful for that Jesus factor when the miracle does come and you do have the abundance and you do have more than what people could possibly eat at that time. And as a matter of fact, have leftovers. So let's be grateful for both what in our perception looks like lack. And after that Jesus factor, after the abundance comes in and you have all of this provision, still let nothing be wasted. Nothing was wasted. Being a good steward of things means nothing is wasted. Takes me back to wh where I said in the beginning, we waste so much, we waste so much time, we waste so much provision, right? It reminds me of a time of my sister's 15th birthday. And um, if you're Latin, you, kn you know that a girl's 15th birthday is like the party, right? The party, I'm not going to say of their life, but of, of that time for them. And it's an important celebration. So my dad decided to make 
a shrimp and lobster creole for my sister's birthday, right? It's what Latins call a uh, camarón enchilao. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So he goes to the garage and he brings out this stainless steel pot that we, I bought at Navarro or Sedanos or some, right? Like the stainless steel pot. And he starts to cook this shrimp and lobster vat Creole goodness, right? And like any proud chef, he starts calling people and he's like, hey, we're celebrating a birthday. Come on over. There's food. We're going to have cake. That's how, that's how you got to tell me. I'm there, right? <laughs> food and cake, sign me up. Um, so he started calling people and they started showing up. And so this celebration was an informal birthday, right? Not, we didn't all sit at the table at the same time to eat. People would arrive, they would serve themselves, and just have a good time. And so as the night progressed, people would keep arriving. More than we expected, because what Latin RSVPs anyways, right? They just show up. And so he's like, uh-oh. He, so he tells my mom, I think you need to put some more water in the stew. <laughs> I think you need to put some more stock in the pot, right? As a matter of fact, do you still have those sausages? Let's cut them up and put it in there. And they had cooked some white rice and bread and they're like, bring out some more bread, bring out some more rice. Let's make sure that we have enough. And it was enough. It definitely was enough, more than enough for that celebration that night. And he wasn't even worried that there wasn't enough because his main thing there was to celebrate my sister, which he did. But you see, my dad's way of multiplying it was to water it down. With Jesus, nothing is watered down. He didn't water down the five loaves and the two fish. He did what he did. He broke it up as they were going, and it was five loaves and two fish. Jesus doesn't give you anything that's watered down. I've been through it. Maybe you've been through it too, where it's the end of the payroll cycle, and you open the refrigerator, and you're like, well, there's a little bit of rice, and there's some protein, and y'all are like, fried rice for dinner, y'all. That's what we're having for dinner, right? And you look at it, and in the beginning, it looked like you had nothing in the refrigerator, but you ended up with a big caldero of fried rice. At least that's how it was in my house. What you thought was not enough ended up being more than enough, right? What you thought was not enough, because maybe you saw your neighbor's Instagram post of the feast that they were having didn't look like that much, but what you had was definitely enough for you. And see, that's the problem. We have this lack of not enough. We have this, this um, thing where we're constantly comparing com ourselves and what we have to what other people have, especially in social media. But here's my suggestion to you. Don't worry about what your neighbor has. Worry about what you have and what you're doing with it to honor God, how you are stewarding the things in your life to honor God. Amen? Amen. So we need to look at our own lives. That's where we need to start when we're talking about stewarding what God gives us. And what does God give us? Everything. Everything we have is his to begin with. But can I be honest with you guys? What are we doing with the not-so-good areas in our lives? What are we doing to be good stewards of that? 
And when I was uh, originally doing uh, this study on stewardship, you know, I, I had that introspective moment, and I was saying, God, you know, okay, we, I, I know, time, money, relationships, and these, these are all things that are obvious to all of us, but when I really sat down with the Holy Spirit and was praying, he convicted me of a couple things. He convicted me of a couple things that weren't traditionally spoken about, and that's going to happen because we have a personal rela relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? We have a personal relationship with Jesus, so what he revealed to me, he's not going to reveal to you. That's your homework, but one of the things that he revealed to me was Spanish. He's like, you know Spanish? You're not using it. You're not using it to minister. You're not using it to pray, and I'm like, oh, that's okay. Like, we have translators, right? And he's like, no, no. Sometimes people want to hear it firsthand. You need to use your Spanish to minister. And so I worked on that after having run away from it for about three to five years. I was in a position where I was able to minister bilingual. And so today I can say I'm being a good steward of that. I can minister in both English and Spanish. Another thing that he convicted me of was my pain. I know, I know, you guys probably weren't, weren't expecting that. That's not there. But listen, what are we doing with the pain in our lives? How are we handling the pain in our lives? Because the truth is, if you don't handle the pain in your life correctly, you can't, you can't manage the rest of your life correctly. Because if you're making decisions in pain and in fear and in lack, you're not making the right decisions that are honor God. You're thinking from that mentality of, it's not enough, I'm not thinking straight, versus being good stewards of our pain, right? And, and, and this is where I want to get back into that verse. I want to get back into that verse at the end where it was saying that he fed them, they were hungry, and he left because he knew that they were there to force him to be their king. And he left. You're probably wondering, why would he leave? Isn't that the whole purpose of Jesus being our king? Well, yeah, but at that point, he wasn't prepared to be the earthly king. That wasn't his purpose. His purpose was to be a heavenly king. In this story, they really didn't come to him because they were hungry. They came to him because they were hurting. They found him and they followed him because they had seen the signs that he had performed. And the signs that he had performed was healing of the sick. So while these people were hungry, but in the sense of a healing touch from Jesus, they were hungry for that Jesus factor in their life to make whatever it is that they're dealing with enough, more than enough, abundantly enough. And how does he do that? Have a seat. Have a seat. Take a time, right? So that I can feed you and I can minister to you. So that whole crowd, they weren't following them because they were hungry. They were following him because they were hurt. Who doesn't want a king that will heal your pain? I know I do. But at that moment, he wasn't ready for that. He wasn't going to be our earthly king. He was going to be our 
heavenly king, right? And at the moment where he was in that garden of Gethsemane, that's where that transition happens. And I have to tell you, we need to be like those people that follow Jesus to the mountaintop looking for a king, but not the heavenly king. I mean, not the earthly king, <laughs> comma, the heavenly king, the king of kings, the king of healing, the king of provision, the king of, you don't even need to say the prayer, I understand your tears and what your needs are. As a matter of fact, I gave you the desires of your heart. I know what's in your heart. And so in those times of prayer, we need to reach out to him. And those of us who have already asked Jesus to be our king, we need to remember that. That anytime we're in need, all we have to do is walk to the mountaintop and meet him at the mountaintop. Not chase other things and not be good stewards of things because if I, if I buy something, I'm going to feel better. If I eat something, I'm going to feel better. If I take a vacation, if I, and then, but when, but when, none of that happens. Jesus is the only one. Jesus and his Jesus factor. Right? And that's the beauty of this because he takes what you have, your pain, your lack, your thoughts, your emotions, your experiences, and once you invite him into your heart, guess what? He heals that. And once we're healed, we could do better. We could take full advantage and be good stewards of absolutely everything in our lives and function like Jesus wants us to function. Amen? Let's be people that chase his presence. So here's my question for you this morning, guys. Is there anybody in the house that hasn't asked Jesus to be their king? Nothing you chase in this world is going to be as good. Nothing you chase in this world died on a cross for you and resurrected three days later and allows us to work from victory, right? Nothing else gave us redemption in this world other than Jesus on that cross, which is right above me, so just in case. No, I'm kidding. Um, so let's close our eyes. With, with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, I want to talk to those today that, that, are, that are looking for that thing, that are looking for that whatever, whatever factor, it's the Jesus factor. And if that's you today and you're ready to, to meet him, if you're ready to bring, bring him into your lack and into what you have so that he can touch you and be healed, I want you to pray this prayer for me. And actually, I want all of us to pray this prayer because we don't do this walk by ourselves. We do this walk together. Amen? Lord, I realize that I am not perfect Lord, that I am lost in this world without you. That you are the only one that's going to heal, heal me and redeem me completely. Lord, I recognize that you are king. That you died on the cross and resurrected three days later. Lord, come into my life. Help me be a renewed creation in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And listen, 
Here's my petition for the rest of us. For the rest of us who have already did the sinner's prayer, for the rest of us that already know that Jesus is the it factor, the Jesus factor, when we stand and worship for this last song, I want you to ask God what it is in your life that you need to be a better steward of. Have that conversation with the Holy Spirit as you worship and say, Holy Spirit, show me, because that's his job. Show me the areas that need to be better taken care of. Show me the areas that need healing. And when he does, give it to him. Give it to him. Let him touch you with that Jesus factor. Amen. Thank you for letting me give you a word this morning. Let's stand and worship our God. Amen.
you all once again for joining us here at Renew Church. My name is Pastor Mikey, and man, can we give it up for, for Zabrina doing a great job this morning? What an, what, man, what an hour. We, we got a deep bench at this church, man. People can, we got people who can preach here, man. Come on now. God is doing something. Praise the Lord. Yeah, and this is just the beginning. Uh, throughout this month, throughout this series, you're going to be hearing from different voices that aren't the regular cast of, of Pastor Trevor or, or even myself. And so it's super exciting, really good stuff. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. You're not going to want to miss a single week um, here. Rebecca's going to be preaching. Carlos is going to be preaching. Yeah, it's going to be a really good time. Awesome. There we go. Come on now. Somebody wake up this morning. <laughs> 1035, man. You'd think you guys would have a little more energy. We got coffee out there, by the way. No. 
So I'm just going to give you guys some announcements, keep you guys in the loop of some things we have going on here at Renew Church. Um, immediately after this service, we always talk about how we want to be practical and, and have some next steps. Well, man, hey, we, we have a next step for you in, in your faith walk or in, just even in your relationship with this church. And we're having growth track immediately after the service. What is growth track? So if you're somebody who, like myself, is slightly below average height and you're looking to, no, I'm just kidding. Growth track is about, <laughs> growth track is <laughs> seeing behind the scenes a little bit of Renew Church, seeing our mission, our vision, who we are, how we started, kind of like just being able to really see uh, our beliefs. Some of these things that we don't typically have an opportunity to talk about every Sunday, this is a time to just really see who Renew Church is and see where you can fit in that vision. There's a spiritual gifts assessment test that just kind of tells you a little bit about your personality, some of the gifts and talents that God has given you that maybe you didn't even know were there. Um, and it's just a good opportunity to see where where you can fit in to, to make a difference because we, we believe here at Renew Church that God has created all of us to be difference makers. And there's a spot and there's a place for you here to make a difference, not only in the kingdom, but in this community in Miami and in our families. So if you've never been a part of Growth Track, it's immediately after the service in the connections room it's the building right there when you head out to your left it's just to take up a short uh, bit of time and we'd love to see you there also does anybody know what next weekend is next sunday father's day there we go awesome not as exciting as mother's day i know but hey we get something right dads come on now um the whole theme of that is five guys donuts and fries sure you've never had that combination ever in your life but you will next Sunday here at Renew Church. So if your dad come back, man, we want to honor you. We want to do something special. But if you know of a dad, man, invite, invite your dad. Invite a coworker, brother, whatever. Invite some dads. We want to do something special. We want to uh, just honor them and, and do something cool. So if you join us for that, that'd be amazing. And lastly, if you want to give to Renew Church, we just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. First way to do that is in person via the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you. You can drop it off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving. And the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting GIVE to 786-565-1165. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you for the opportunity to come and worship with our brothers and sisters and hear an amazing word and just be able to worship you and, and hear from you, God. What an amazing thing. We pray for the offering this morning. God, pray that you would bless it. Pray that you would use it. Pray that you would multiply it, Father, just like we were learning today in, in today's message, God. That you would use it to bring people into your kingdom, Father, to use this church to make an impact on our world, Father. And I pray that you would bless these people as they believe and as they trust and as they invest in you and in your purposes, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. See you next Sunday.